Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. I'm your host, Iowa Bass, a freelance marketing consultant who specializes in all things built environment. This episode was recorded on Monday, the 16th, November, 2020. And my guest is Vanessa Talbot-Brown, who I've known for years. She now leads the marketing team at engineering firm, Bureau Happold. Her team's brilliant marketing efforts were recently recognized with them winning not one, but two Archibu awards, which is no mean feat. In our interview, we cover the importance of internal communications and making sure you have a clear purpose. How you can use themes and issue-based global campaigns to further your cause and the need for having agility and being able to respond quickly in a crisis. If you're listening to this podcast, please do leave us a review. Um, It's great to hear what you think. And on Apple Podcasts, it helps more people to see us too. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So enjoy the episode. Bye. Hi, Vanessa. Thanks so much and welcome to the show. So can you give me a brief intro to you and your role at Bureau Happold? Yes, of course. Hi, Io. Um, I hope you're doing well in these strange times. Um, so my name is Vanessa. I am Global Director of Marketing and Communications at Bureau Happold. Um, you and I have crossed paths over the years many in the times. industry. <laughs> many, many times. <laughs> Remember the days when you used to be able to go to a networking event in real life and See people. And talk to people. <laughs> Halcyon days. Uh, yeah, so I've worked in the industry for <laughs> rather a long time. Uh, working my way through different engineering practices, architectural practices. So I've worked at Cornersby and BDP and came to Bureau Hapwood about four years ago. Um, so always worked in sort of marketing comms roles um, in the industry. Um, so, yeah, that's why I've got to the point I have at Bureau Happold. Um, I've always respected Bureau Happold, actually, from a sort of branding marketing perspective. And that's sort of yeah. followed them closely when I was at BDP. And I was at BDP for a long time, for eight years. And then um, my uh, personal circumstances changed uh, where I had my first child, Marin. And uh, my husband and I decided to leave London and uh, the uh, green fields around Bath were calling and so it was a perfect fit, really, with uh, Bureau Happold having their main office in Bath. And um, the role of internal communication, head of internal communications came up, which I thought was quite interesting sort of yeah. uh, direction for my career because I've always done external marketing and comms, but also with another hat on of internal. And I, I do really enjoy internal comms. So went for that and then sort of worked my way back up again because uh, I really missed the external side and all the social media and all the rest of it and yeah so current role as global director which is around I was actually going to ask actually just to completely random but in terms of internal comms I mean I guess that's kind of come to the fore during this year I mean, yes, what kind of things do you have to do on that I mean uh, to keep your employees and everybody else yeah, I guess engaged yeah. and feeling okay um yeah I think it's a really interesting question because obviously I was sort of thinking about this conversation we were going to have Io around you know, how, how have things changed during the pandemic? And for me, it's just sort of accelerated and highlighted the importance of internal comms. So internal communications is all around that engagement and yeah. talking a lot about your culture um, and connecting people and getting across or sort of connecting the strategy of the leadership with everyone within your company and then yeah. understanding it and sort of living and breathing it. 
Um, and I think we've always been pretty good at Bureau Happold around internal communications, but it has accelerated tenfold during the pandemic because you can't have those water cooler conversations and you're no. probably not having those sort of town halls in the offices or the, the team meetings where you're chatting up things through. So you have to formalise it. And obviously, yeah. you know, our CEO is sitting at home, uh, the same as, you know, 90% of the rest of Bureau Household is sitting in their home. So we have to connect digitally and on Teams calls and um, through video, uh, which uh, Neil, our CEO, has really embraced during the pandemic. Brilliant. Um, That's really, so, really good. Yeah, I think it's really elevated the importance of it. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoy it. And obviously we're coming from a really good place where we're sort of well-versed in it and practised in it already. So it wasn't too difficult for us. I'm not sure yeah. how other organisations have sort of dealt with it if they didn't have those constructs in place to begin with. So um, you kind of had to amp up what you were already doing kind of thing rather than having to start from scratch. You already had a good foundation for it. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be quite agile. Um, obviously, yeah. there are things that we've had to really quickly turn around. So, for example, we were we were going to Teams, Microsoft Teams, um, anyway, before yeah. uh, COVID-19 hit. And obviously, there was a rollout plan, et cetera. And then suddenly, you know, within the space of a month, we had to <laughs> launch it, roll it out, yeah. make sure every single person, 1,900 people, have laptops and access to the internet, um, at home, which is obviously in the UK, we sort of take that as a given. But, you know, we have offices in India, for example, where not everyone yeah. had access to the internet at home. So that was a really rapid rollout of that. And obviously all the communications that came with that. Um, and uh, just the other week, actually, we did our first uh, Teams live event. Uh, oh, how was that? Slightly nerve-wracking, uh, but it went really, really well. Um, so <laughs> had a great team. It was a bit of a, a, an IT marketing team combo. Um, yeah. and we did a lot of practice runs and it worked really well. So um, every year we have the Essence Awards. So that's our internal awards uh, yeah. construct where we celebrate outstanding individual, outstanding team. And this year we had outstanding contribution um, to the climate uh, and biodiversity emergency. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of dry runs of it. Um, and technically, in the end, we decided we'd do a time lag on it because yeah. we had pre-recorded content with videos that people had produced. Uh, but then obviously we wanted to announce the winners and it was the senior partner, Paul Rogers, announcing the winners. And he was yeah. a fantastic compare. And that really helped. But then yeah. there were us in the background uh, being producers. So it was quite exciting, actually. So Caroline, I was say, it's like running a, a proper online yeah. event. It's literally, yeah. you have it's the production crew, like you would with a live, right? With a live event, yeah, it is absolutely. all of that. It's the timings, yeah. it's the run through. It's, it's literally mm -hmm. that level of detail. I think that's the thing that people don't realise is that to run a proper event online is just as much work. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And you've got, it I, you've got more IT thrown in as well. Yeah, and it is that level of detail. And I think what really helped was Caroline, who um, is in our IT department um is uh, ex bbc and actually it has that production experience um, wow, and i think that yeah. really really helped um because you know we were feeling our way and we you know did a caveat at the beginning apologies this is our first live broadcast yeah. um and then there were obviously there were things thrown into the mix that you uh can't quite predict so say for example um paul was going to be filmed sort of professionally in the berlin office speaking yeah. to camera 
And then uh, the, he couldn't get into the office. So he had to do it from home and test the broadband there, etc. So, you know, there were tiny hiccups in the road. But <laughs> in the end, it, it was a really, really good production. What's great is obviously you can film it and then you have it live broadcast to the whole company. But because of our time zones, um, it then gets broadcast on stream, which is sort of Microsoft YouTube, as it were, internally. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and then you can sort of watch it after the event. Um, and so, and the great features now, you know, because of auto um, subtitles, so you don't act, so obviously, um, which is really helpful for everyone from an inclusivity point of view, or you can sort Brilliant, of yeah. listen to it while you're working. Um, so, yeah, we've really enjoyed things like that, and I think we'll be doing many more. Well, I guess that gives you more options, right? It gives you more tools going forward. Yeah. Because when you know, like those global roadshows or whatever, what you do when that yeah. in that kind of event, that's hugely resource intensive from all all senses of the word, mm-hmm. really, right? And you kind of think actually, if you've got decent online options and you can do a proper production, you can do something good and and minimise that level of that yeah. level of kind of I guess resources required. So. I think yeah, there's definitely think, options and things we can mm, we can learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, everyone talks about this a lot, that the pandemic has really accelerated a lot of attitudes towards things. Because if you think, yeah, yeah like you have that perhaps global roadshow where you're shipping people in from all corners of the earth, you know, yeah. upping your carbon footprint, that actually it works online and it's just as effective or even more so. So I think going forward, we'll be doing this a lot more. Um, and you know cutting um, you know the need to actually get on the plane and, and travel around the or world. it might be you fly one person yeah yeah absolutely you know what I mean you fly mm-hmm. one person and then actually the rest of it is kind of streamed because you've actually got yeah. the online content and everything else already ready to go yeah. the rest of you don't physically need to be there or you know what I mean so yeah I think there's kind of, it's given us alternatives and options and kind of different models that we can be working from in the future mm. which I think is quite exciting I do and I think it's you know I just sort of tapped on the sort of in- inclusive side of it, you know, yeah. um, just those sort of technical things that are, are really good nowadays that really improves that side of it. But also for me, things moving online has made, per- from a personal perspective, has made my life a little bit easier. So I can, you know, attend um, a webinar or yeah. sort of a- an online networking event at 8.30 in the morning yeah. because I don't have... To- I have children which I need to get to a breakfast club um, so I don't have to be getting on a train at 7am to get to London yeah. so I'm hoping that this move online means more people sort of have a voice and a seat at the table yeah. and can Absolutely. join in more conversations and I think you know you touched on you sort of uh, on the internal side what I've found during this period of time is people are really connecting at Bureau Happold more you know, someone from the Mumbai office is chatting to someone in the LA office. How because lovely. the online events that we're doing is open to everyone. It's not just, you know, a talk in the London office or the Leeds office or um, so in Los Angeles. Globe, you're getting that global connection. You actually yeah. are getting it. Yeah. Yeah, which has been exactly. really, really sort of fascinating to make those connections. And we're getting a lot more from it because of that. And I think, you know, I think you could reflect that, obviously, from an external communications marketing perspective as well. I hope that is the case for the industry, that more people who have those sort of caring responsibilities, for example, or, you know, 
just life outside of work <laughs> go for a run oh, exactly yeah well yeah and I, I know I've been doing a lot more networking events as well and mm. there's been a lot of mums who've said yep I'm coming to events that I would normally not be able to make like you've just said yeah. and I think that's just you're right in terms of inclusivity you know, it, it leaves us a lot more open as a, as an industry which is a good thing mm. um okay so moving on to your kind of marketing team and what's your kind of I know like Bureau Hapold set up as a matrix organization but kind of how does your team of what's the size of your team and I guess yeah. What sort of disciplines sure. uh, do you have within it? So um, I run the global marketing team, we're called. Uh, I have a team of 15, which sounds like lots of people. Uh, <laughs> the majority of them are actually part time. Um, and it's a really broad um, sort of gamut of expertise and specialism. So I'm really lucky that my team's really creative. And that's why I enjoy yeah. <laughs> leading their team so much. So we've got a combination of copywriters, graphic designers. Uh, we've got uh, Greg, who's a video um, producer and obviously sort of responsible for photography. I've got a couple of guys who are absolutely fantastic at virtual reality and augmented reality experiences. Um, I have Claire, who runs the global client survey program. Um, yeah. I've got Lily who does a fantastic job with all the project information. And you've got to think for an engineering consultancy advisory firm we have thousands of projects a year. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So as you know from working in the industry, how important project information is when it comes to the, you know, the guys in the bid teams getting the bids and the PQQs out there to have that up-to-date signed off yeah. project material. And making sure it, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Hey, oh, it's well. four pages. Yeah. <laughs> He's really... right, 25 words on a project. <laughs> which you've done in the past five years um so yeah so uh does a fantastic job of that i've got Susie and laura laura i'm probably not mentioning mentioning all the guys names and i'll be terribly upset and obviously yeah um you know big emphasis on social media channels um and expertise around that so um yeah a really fantastic creative team who's producing all the collateral and the content um and uh you know some generalists like my myself and scott yeah. who i work really closely with who's pulling all that together and strategizing and working with the um sort of the global community of marketing bd people so how it works if you're a hapold is that we have the sort of central global marketing team okay um and then the wider community is sort of more regionally based marketing bd professionals so yeah. for example um, in the US, um, there's a fantastic team and they how they do it is the individuals that they have are a combination of marketing and BD communication specialists. So they'll be doing the presentations, writing the bids. Um, yeah, US you know, market is quite different in how it operates though, yes, isn't it, from what it, I understand. It's quite yes, it's very it is. developed, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. And I, you know, working with them sort of reminds me of my days at, for example, at Connorsby, um, the structural and civil engineers where you wore every hat <laughs> in the yeah. BD comms marketing world where you were organising a party one minute, writing a PQQ the next. So they're quite similar to that in a way. Um, and uh, yeah, wear all hats at the same time, do a fantastic yeah. job. And then in the UK, slightly different, obviously in a different market. Um, and you know, it's still sort of, uh, lion's share of the people are based in the UK at Bureau Hapold. 
that we have real BD specialists, the guys that are doing the bids and the tenders um, and client events, um, and then marketing specialists separate to that. You know, again, and then we've got Europe and India and Asia. So all slightly different, but what's most relevant to that region. And then, um, for example, I will catch up each of them sort of on a sort of regional basis separately. And then we have a monthly marketing get together where we share information about what each of them's up to. And what's your kind of overall approach to kind of marketing, overall approach to marketing, really, in terms of how you approach themes or, or, or what you actually talk about? Um, so from a global perspective, so my main concern is that anything that we talk about, and when I say we talk about, I mean on our main channels. So yeah. our social media on our website, uh, what we try and get um, press coverage of, uh, what we talk about from a corporate comms level, and that's both internal and external. Um, they fit into three themes for me, um, yeah. and they reflect sort of our strategy and and who we are as a business and our culture, and that's around equity, around technology, and around sustainability. And I think generally, nearly everything we talk about fits under those categories. And what's um, classed as equity? So. Um, I put under the banner of equity anything that we do from a sort of a corporate perspective and also a project perspective in our communities is around inclusivity, around diversity, but also yeah. sort of creating equitable futures for communities through our projects. Um, ah. And I think why they do that really well is, um, for example, in California, we've got um, a fantastic team in the Los Angeles office. Yeah. Um, who are creating, for example, you know, sustainability plans with LA County. Um, and it's you know, bringing underserved parts of communities up through the built environment um, to create better built environments for everyone. And I, I think so it's got a wider cause in a way, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you know, we need to address that as a business as well within our, you yeah. know, our own makeup as a business. We need to address it as an industry. Um, uh, but I think where it's so interesting is where you know it, it touches on actual projects in communities in you know in the built so environment. So it kind of it's not just an issue; it's also an issue that is work that we're doing. Kind of. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's so where absolutely. And I think that's where our comms and our marketing really sings, because obviously you know you've got that. I don't mean to belittle it by saying you've got that bog standard approach to writing a comms plan for a project launch. You know, that is really, That's really weird. important. <laughs> <laughs> it's so important. Because we were working... <sighs> I totally missed what you said, I then. We were laughing. Sorry. We were literally in the background <laughs> writing a comms plan for a project. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm always writing comms plans. No, um, you no, know, but I get what you mean. I, I, I guess it's finding more of a purpose for that piece of yes, content, right? purpose. I think that's. I think that is a really, really encapsulates it and that's where I get quite excited from a commons perspective is when we can yeah. touch on that as a theme but um, like I do not dismiss you know a project uh marketing or commons plan because at the end of the day we are serving clients to build you know and design um and consult on fantastic projects so yeah. that's what we do as a business um <laughs> but I think when you can really pull out those stories that's when it starts to get really really interesting 
Absolutely. And it gives you great content to actually share then, doesn't it? Mm. So you can really bring that to life. And I guess in 2020, obviously, all your plans kind of, everyone's plans kind of went a bit crazy in March. <laughs> um, so how has that kind of affected the work that you're doing and, and what have you had to change? Um, I think we touched on it earlier when we were talking about this sort of acceleration of the importance of internal comms, for example. I think you could just yeah. say that broadly for communications. Everyone's suddenly realising, oh, quick i need to talk to everyone and it needs to be um strategic and we actually need to organize it and it's not just those lovely serendipitous conversations that you'd have yeah. um so i think for us it's just a real ramping up of producing content getting yeah. it out there making sure we're seen that we're you know at the forefront of a client's mind um and i think everyone's sort of enthusiasm to do that has made it quite an exciting time in a way. Yeah, you've had to be quick to respond, basically, mm. haven't you? Mm. Yeah, and I think thing, it, there is a real acceleration, which is it's great. It does make – it's hard work, but it makes it really yeah. exciting. And I think um, where we've, what we've come to realise is that you know, we can put lots of effort into a beautiful piece of content, whether it's an article or a podcast or social media posts and ident. Yeah. And because of the rapid production of content, you know, you, people are bombarded with it. And, you know, depending on the, how the algorithms work, for example, with, when you're on LinkedIn, you could blink and miss it. So yeah. we're really um, sort of tapping into that repurposing of content and, you know, I think before we might have been slightly reticent to do it because it's just seen as repeated, but it's like, no, we use that piece of content on all our channels and then do it twice over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> use a different image. Yeah, use a different image. You use some different content, take a different quote out. There's loads of different ways, but it takes a long time to produce a good piece of content. And it I think does. that it does. Yeah. And, and to actually repurpose makes sense, so much more sense. Yeah, and I think where. And another way we've sort of done repurposing, which has been quite interesting, is um, the US use a PR agency who have been fantastic um, yeah. for the US region. And uh, we're connecting. So we use a PR agency called Comarg in the UK. And we've yeah. connected CC Sullivan and Comarg. And, you know, they're helping one another out because obviously we get some uh, traction in the US um, trade and uh, national media. And then we can repurpose that. Um, for UK press because it's not being covered here um, so it, it's, it's for everything yeah. it's just repurposing reusing that brilliant content hopefully you'll reach as many people as possible and you know I obviously talked about uh, my um, sort of internal comms hat and external uh, I think pe things that are produced internally should be used for external as well because you know internally our people are our greatest advocates yeah and, um, you know, quite often the stuff that you spend time creating internally can be used externally. So I'm always asking, can this be used externally? Can it be used externally? Because um, it can I be know. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Vanessa. <laughs> no no i know exactly what you mean and that's it yeah internal content often i've had stuff land and i'm like this is really good we should share this externally have you thought of this and they look at you like what <laughs> so I know, no, and I, it that, might you know peak interest of you know a potential client or a potential employee yeah. or something and you know it's it's our job as professional marketers to like have a good eye for the story, right? 
And yeah. you know what it's like working with engineers? They could tell you a fantastic story about a project and, you know, talk for half an hour on, let's, I'm going to tell you still. Yeah, uh, <laughs> about the pipes and wires and then say something incredible right at the end. Like, no, <laughs> that's it. Hold on, I can rewind, rewind. <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting bit. And that's, you know, that's our job as professionals is to, to pick those really, like those nuggets of really interesting um, stories out. So in terms of you kind of, you had a rebrand uh, and you did that yourselves as a team. How did you find that? And kind of what challenges did you face doing that yourself? speak now. It's a refresh, not a rebrand. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm very sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, this is about being quick to adapt. So it's not been that long since Bureau Happold changed their logo. Um, It was, I think prior to myself going to Bureau Happold, but, you know, the, the physical logo was Bureau Happold and then underneath it, engineering, all the letters perfectly lined up, which is very satisfying, but um, it's not a visual mark that represents everyone at Bureau Happold. So Bureau Happold has obviously has an amazing legacy and history of engineering and designing buildings of some incredible buildings. Yeah. Uh, but we are moving more into a space where we're getting more and more consultants and, and advisory um, jobs with our clients. So that visual brand mark doesn't work for everyone within Bureau Happold. Um, yeah. and it's a bit of an internal construct, but we have buildings and sort of cities. So, um, you know, the, the city's guys work with city planners, for example. Yeah. So it needed to be a visual mark and a, a logo that works for everyone. So hence from the logo, we've dropped the engineering. Um, I mean, you could joke about this forever that we've put the space back in between Bureau and Hapold, but it helps with pronunciation because... Which is important, it, yeah. Which is really important. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I remember being at the uh, NCE 100 Awards. I was so proud that we were back in the top 10. We won awards and the compare couldn't pronounce our name. And that was a real issue for me. So the space has come back in. And also um, uh, the Bureau Happold logo was just not working on social media. So Which you again, you have to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was really important. So we had to uh, adapt and, and change it. So we did uh, a brand refresh very much from a visual perspective. And like like you said, we did that all internally in-house through consultation, workshops. Um, and uh, we recreated all the templates. We redesigned the website, for example. Yeah. Um, and we looked at our brand language, how we speak about ourselves. And it has become a lot more flexible than right. uh, what we had, a lot more adaptive, because we're going to be changing, you know, our future business models. It's happening so rapidly now in 2020. You've got to have that level of flexibility. And it has to yeah. be a brand that reflects everyone within your company. And you can talk about it with pride. Um, and I think one of the most interesting parts of the journey for me was the website redesign. So we yeah. took the time that we we have our website on WordPress. Um, we upgraded sort of the back background CMS system. We wanted it to be able that um, the regional teams, individuals could um, edit uh, quite easily themselves without coming through our developer, et cetera, to, to change pages. Like yeah. Give them more freedom, you know, as the business grows. 
Um, we're going to be moving to a lot more German content, for example. So we had to have that translation functionality. So anyway, we we did the visual sort of um, the skin of it, but also the background. And then on the journey, we learned so much from our inclusive design team, and we're very grateful to them. So enormous. Oh wow, out. you work with them in Germany. That's lovely. Yeah. So it, we learned so much. So yeah, enormous shout out to Jean and L. Uh, from the design team who uh, really helped us on that journey because as professionals you know we are always learning and should be yeah. learning and it's not perfect we've still got you know a way to go um, in terms of our uh, branded material to make it truly inclusive so um, yeah we learned a lot about you know font sizes about accessibility Colors, yeah 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 absolutely. Text. yeah yeah and and you know lay off the capital letters because it's not accessible um yeah. you know just small little tweaks like that and it's really helped us nail a really good uh template you know really well-designed templates that each page needs to use um and a manual and a sort of design guide yeah. that we apply to all the pages on the website so it's um you know, there's nothing so lovely as a newly designed website because you know you sort of fast forward five years and it starts to become a bit of a dog's dinner because then you sort of I know manipulate dumping ground. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got to resign the whole thing. Um so uh yeah, I, I think that's been the most interesting part of the journey. Okay. So what do you think what things have you got on the horizon in the in the coming months to keep your business on track as we are in? lockdown part two as it were yeah well it's um it's interesting because obviously i am in a global role um so it's i would say it's slightly different for everyone around the world oh, God, it's, yeah, yeah. it's probably not it's been really interesting so part of my role so this is like a slight side note um i'm on the crisis management team so we've been dealing with the sort of the potential impact of the pandemic since january so i feel I do feel quite exhausted talking about it now for um, 11 <laughs> months, as I'm sure everyone else is. Um, so it's really interesting. So obviously tracking all the time, what offices are open, who's closed. And, you know, I think Hong Kong win the award for the most um, opening, open shut, open shut, open shut. Um, so how many times have they gone in? No. Uh, well, they, they, I can't, I can't even keep track of it anymore because, you know, it was wow. open and then they have to shut and then they open again. So I think, Asia is actually probably more open than everyone else um, from in terms of working from home. Yeah. Um, but generally, I would say 90% of us are across Bureau Hapong. Um, mm. So I think we've got in a good rhythm now. Um, like I say, you know, the IT team really stepped up and rolled out teams. And I think we're working really well um from home obviously we're all excited about um you know, vaccine and actually coming out of this the other side and seeing each other again um so it's <laughs> keeping that momentum up um yeah. not just from a morale perspective but also you know keeping the momentum up with our clients yeah um you know regularly talking to them and seeing what's on the horizon um you know and our pl- our strategic um plan for a while now has uh, been to uh, build on the legacy of that um you know great engineering design heritage that we have but yeah. offer more consultancy and advisory services um you know much more balance between the buildings and the city's markets um so i'm really interested from a marketing perspective 
and a communications perspective of talking about this city city's offering. Um, yeah. So, say for example, I was uh, talking to Fede from uh, the Global Mobility offer that he wants to roll out globally, and it was really interesting. He'd written a paper on yeah. um, uh, it was basically called micro mobility. So, you know how streetscapes are designed for sort of cars. You know, hopefully a cycle lane and then a pavement for people. Yeah. But as we move more to sort of, um, you know, micro scooters, for example, it's creating yeah. spaces for different forms of transport. So it's oh, wow. really interesting. It's from that sort of future gazing perspective. I think, you know, that that's going to, from a comms marketing perspective, I'm really excited about talking that kind of I was going to say, but you can all, you already think of what the um, graphics could look like and, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can yeah, see, yeah. you can visualise all of that kind of straight away, can't you? Because it's actually, that's interesting content and you know that will people will find that very useful. Yeah, because it impacts, you know, you as a person in your everyday yeah. life, like, living and moving around the city it resonates with you and I think that's from a commerce perspective that's why it's so interesting yeah. okay so a couple of my last two questions so in terms of have there been any kind of marketing campaigns over lockdown and this year I guess that you've really kind of stood, stood out to you or things that you've admired hmm. yeah so um I thought about this and I've got a couple. One is not related to the industry and one is quite That's industry cool. specific. Yeah. So it's not really a campaign. I don't think that they started during lockdown, but I really like Stride Treglown's um, approach. Talking places. Yes. I really <laughs> love it. I just think generally their approach to comms, especially on their social media channels, it's very human centred. Yes. And it's not stuffy or sort of, um, you know, I don't know, it just shows automatically the positive impact of their designs. Yeah. They won't actually show the design. They actually show people living and breathing and talking and, yeah, moving around a space. And I, I like that. It's just, yeah, it shows the impact of the design rather than just the design just itself. The design. Yeah, they were my first guests. They were amazing. <laughs> so I love yeah, that yeah. campaign. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's really good. It is really, really good. The Talking Spaces stuff they came out with this year has been really, yeah. really good, and they shifted it online, mm-hmm. and the way they did that was brilliant. So, yeah, they were my first guests. Um, and then, <laughs> uh, good choice. Um, and then my second one is a young man that I have worked with years and years ago now when I was yeah. um, at BDP is a young man named Cephas Williams. Um, and he, this is pre-COVID, that he had a campaign called 56 Black Men. And he oh, had, I know you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've probably seen the big sort of billboard posters that he yeah. had around London. Um, and his subsequent uh, campaign, which is his Letter to Zion campaign, which is the Black British Network. So um, it's, I, I was going to say, it's not industry related, but it is because it is it taps in to sort of... Um, the need for good corporate communications and challenging why you're making those statements. And I think if you um, I encourage everyone to go onto his website and his crowdfunder to read the letter to Zion and, and, and the purpose behind the Black British Network, because it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. And that is a really, really good thing that it's yeah. not just about corporate statements. It's about making a real change. Yeah. And, you know, yes, it's my job as a director of communications to make those statements on behalf of a company 
but it's got to have substance behind it and then and you know it's making sure you follow you actually do what you say you're going to do right and yeah. I think that's the thing it's like especially a lot of the stuff that's been going on this year people have mm. kind of said you know black lives matter I support you and put the black square up but actually what are you doing day to day what yeah. are you you know if I came back to you next year what would you say you've achieved under 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 posting that and I think there's quite a few people actually who are out who I've seen as well who are talking about challenging companies or I'll take it you know I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to you in a year and I'll ask you what you've done kind of thing and I think I do think that is important and people will call like if it is just sort of corporate fluff people will call you out and you won't survive you know we are and I think that from a, a communications perspective that's really interesting because there's no place to hide anymore you can't just make a statement and then assume people aren't just going to ignore that um because you know it's from from a sort of a a corporate you know client perspective attracting new clients working with the best clients really good clients um and also you know attracting uh potential recruits and employees it's really important that it's authentic and you're doing something about it and also from sort of a, a marketing campaign uh visual perspective i think the 56 black men campaign was really well executed so oh it was it was beautiful shot and everything wasn't it yeah yeah good good i like i like your uh, two 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 suggestions there okay so final question for you so what one tip would you give to business leaders about their marketing communications during this crisis what they should or could be doing read the room and listen to people and then adapt quickly. Don't sit around and contemplate too long because people move on really quickly. Yeah. And what I mean by reading the room and listen is that you have to be empathetic. So, you know, your question was specifically around this crisis. So I think what it's um, highlighted is that there is a lot of inequity and people yeah. are struggling in their in different ways, or they might be enjoying this new way of working, you know, less commuting, etc. So it's really highlighted different levels of privilege. So you have to be empathetic in the way that you communicate and not make yeah. assumptions. Um and uh I think <laughs> this is a bit random though, when we were talking yeah. about events and stuff. Yeah. What I think is quite funny is that obviously we're all learning pretty quickly. Don't set up Zoom calls and webinars, you know, at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. No one wants to do it. We're all pretty exhausted of staring at our screens all working yeah. day. <laughs> and I'm going to add to that and I'm going to say, and make sure they're good. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give up my time, make sure it's worth my while. And I think that's the thing or else I won't be there again. Yeah. Um, and, it's, you know, and you've got to be creative with those things. I, I heard a great idea um, around, uh, obviously not during lockdown too, uh, but networking. So yes. you meet with a client and go for a walk, you know, yeah, just be adaptable and, and think of something a little bit creative. As I say, Rachel from Stry T is also doing that as well. It's brilliant. It's great. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on, Vanessa. That's been such a great conversation. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ayo. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Marketing in Times of Crisis. 
If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review as it helps us to spread the word and for more people to get to hear about us. If you want to know more about things mentioned in the episode, do look at the show notes, which will give you more information about where to find us and also about our show website. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. Bye.